There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends. But who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hi, thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Health Essentials Podcast brought to you by Cleveland Clinic. I'm your host, Cassandra Holloway. Today, we're broadcasting virtually as we are practicing social distancing. We're joined virtually by chiropractor, Dr. Andrew Bang. Dr. Bang, thank you for taking the time out of your day to speak with us. Oh, you guys are so welcome. I'm happy to do it. Glad to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about managing the aches and pains of working from home and how to find relief, since many people have found themselves working in these makeshift offices due to COVID-19. But before we begin, we want to remind listeners that this is for informational purposes only and should not replace your own doctor's advice. So for the past several months, many companies have shifted to remote work to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. And while that's great, many people have never found themselves working from home before, especially full time. And it can be a bit of an adjustment, not just from a schedule standpoint, but also from how you work and where you work in terms of your setup. Maybe you have a desk, maybe you don't, maybe you're working on the couch right now. So today we're gonna to be working through some tips and advice for our listeners when it comes to working from home and, and good positions for our bodies. So Dr. Bang, before we dive into the specifics of managing these aches and pains, I first wanna start off by asking you how you're doing during the pandemic, and if you'll tell us a little bit about your practice at Cleveland Clinic, especially during these times. Yeah, well, we're surviving. Like everyone else, it's a crazy time, I gotta tell you. Um, we stopped working when the pandemic first broke out in order to conserve PPE for those frontline uh, providers who really needed it as well as to protect our patients. Once we got a little bit more understanding about the virus, um, as of last week, we are back into practice, taking all the best practices and recommendations by the governor, as well as our own Cleveland Clinic on how to see patients. So we are seeing patients again uh, safely uh, to help them with those uh, aches and pains that they have from not only working at home, but everything else that life's, life throws at them. So we're doing good, thanks for asking. Absolutely. So let's start off by talking about the basics of good ergonomics. What does this term mean in the workspace and why is it important to us? So whenever you're talking about uh, ergonomics, Cassandra, it's really about your positioning of your body to avoid injury, avoid pain, avoid fatigue, and just improve your overall work performance. I kind of like to say this mantra in my head and I tell all my patients this when they're setting up their workstation, whether it be at home or whatever they do for a living, but it's, it's head right, it's arms right, it's back right, and it's move right. So if you get those kind of four things set up, head right, arms right, back right, move right, it allows you to really get in the position that best suits you and avoid those kind of aches and pains that we're gonna talk about today. Absolutely, and, and everyone wants to uh, avoid these aches and pains. So uh, what are some of these, these conditions that are typically associated with bad ergonomics? What are we trying to prevent? I mean, everyone knows the classic things like carpal tunnel, but it also leads to a lot of neck pain, headaches, low back. I mean, you can even get headaches and migraines from this. It's kind of crazy. I mean, any kind of muscular strain 
put on a body part for a long extended period of time is going to lead to some kind of daily damage that will lead to pain eventually. And there's a bunch of different easy things that you can do to avoid that and to feel better. That's really interesting, the point that you brought up about how a bad posture or a bad setup kind of can affect migraines and headaches. So maybe, you know, if a listener is, is listening to this podcast and they've been working from home for a couple of weeks and maybe they've noticed an increase in headaches, it could be, you know, something right off the bat that they could say, maybe it's, it's, good. it's because of my setup, my workplace setup. Oh, t totally. I mean, there's so many factors that cause headaches and migraines, but muscular tension and you know, that repetitive stress on our shoulders and neck from poor positioning is a huge cause of headaches and migraines. And like you said, if you've never had them before or they're less and now they're more frequent, definitely you should be listening to this. Definitely should be introducing some of these advice and tips that I'm giving you into, the work, into your workplace. If it doesn't help, go to the next step. You know, A virtual visit with your PCP, ask for a PT referral, get a chiropractic referral, Get some, uh, get some other professionals looking in on your case specifically. But yeah, today we're going to talk all about how to avoid those kind of things. So let's talk about best case scenario of an office okay. setup. You mentioned those four components um, of, of things to keep in mind. What would that look like? What would the, the ideal workplace setup look like? Okay, cool. So, all right, so we have laptops and we have desktops. And even though they're totally different computers, the principles we're going to be talking about are very similar. You just have to apply them to your specific area. And I always tell all my patients, work the problem. Figure out the solution that works best for you. Follow these as guidelines. So let's go through each one of them. Remember, we got head right, arms right, back right, move right. So first of all, let me remind most of you, I got some cool props today. Your head is like a bowling ball. Yes, it's about 10 pounds. That's a lot of pressure on your head and shoulders. And we've learned from some really great research that, uh, let me turn to the side just so you can see this viewpoint. If my head is straight over my shoulders, I got that 10 pounds of pressure, but the further it moves away from my neutral position, the weight goes up exponentially. So if I move my head even 15 degrees forward, which is just slightly looking down, right? my head weighs from 10 pounds to about 24 pounds. That's a lot, that's a big increase. And if I, let's say I'm looking at the desk, like do you ever use paper, look at paperwork, Cassandra, or you're looking over spreadsheets on your desk? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like 30 degrees of flexion. And now the neck pressure jumps to almost 40 pounds. Can you believe that? 40 pounds on your neck and shoulders. And if you do that for a long period of time, that's how we get this kind of damage that we're talking about in pain. So get your computer screens. Uh, straight in front of you at, at uh, where your eyes are looking primarily at the area of the screen that you use the most. Um, you can use books or a box or other things you can purchase to get the screen up to the appropriate level. And if you have two screens, what I recommend is putting the primary screen right in the center. Secondary screen off to your left or to your right and uh, I tell people often move, move your primary screen, meaning, or sorry, move your secondary screen. So you're not always just looking to the right to your secondary screen, you know, in a couple of weeks, change it to the left side. So you're looking also left. And um, it's always, always about keeping your, your station, your neck movable, uh, whether your station is two screens or one screen. Uh, so that moves us right into like the arm right position. Uh, because if I'm using a laptop, which I do, Whenever my screen is up really high, now I can't like kind of reach up to my, to my uh, keyboard. I'm going to have a lot of neck and shoulder trap and wrist problems, right? 
So I got to get my arms into their preferred position, which is like at a 90 position. My shoulders need to be down at a resting position, elbows at a 90, and my wrists staying uh, or they're neutral, not too much flexion or extension because of my keyboard is in the wrong position. So with a laptop, I got to use a wireless keyboard and a wireless mouse. Cassandra, what are you using at home? So I have the two screens that you, you had mentioned. Um, and then I have a keyboard that kind of pulls away wireless and then a wireless mouse as well. Excellent. So mouse, a mouse is huge. Um, do you have like a normal mouse or an ergonomic mouse? I do. And I wanted to ask what the difference was. Oh, perfect. So that was kind of what my next thing is. So I'm a chiropractor. You all know that. I use my wrist and hand a lot. So I try to avoid using a normal mouse because it makes my wrist stay in what we call uh, pronation. That's like uh, where we twist it. And that over a period of time can uh, exacerbate carpal tunnel syndromes or give you a wrist pain in general. I use an ergonomic mouse. So um, if you're watching the screen, this is what an ergonomic mouse looks like. It makes my hand twist into its more neutral position where almost like it's like I'm shaking someone else's hand. That's your wrist neutral position. So you want to find a mouse, especially if you're having wrist problems or you're trying to avoid wrist problems. That's like that kind of setup. Sometimes they're called tower mouse or ergonomic mouse. And I, I just prefer those because it's all about the little things that you do to avoid an injury long-term. And using an ergonomic mouse is so easy. It's no different than a normal mouse, except for the positioning of your wrist. So if you don't have one, Cassandra, it's time to get one. Okay. So, Absolutely. all right. So I would say um, the other, other thing with mouse is changing the position of where your arm is. Okay. Uh, instead of just always keeping it on that little mouse pad, move that mouse pad around. So sometimes I'm going to be extending my arm. Sometimes it will be bent a little bit. It'll be away from me or towards me. And all we're trying to do is create variety. Uh, you know, create a non injury by repetitive stress. I mean, we all kind of know what that means. That just means doing something repeated that's going to cause an injury. And, and a mouse is, is definitely one of those. I wouldn't, I can't even tell you the number of people who come in complaining of right-sided pain and we identify it's because they're repetitive use of the mouse. So sure. got our keyboard in front of us where our wrists are neutral as possible, our shoulders down, our elbows bent at that 90 position. That leads us to the back right. How is your back right? So what kind of chair are you using at home? Um, it's just a standard like swivel computer chair. Okay, you were able to pick one up. That's good. I know they got sold out at a lot of <laughs> a lot of stores. So let's say that you aren't fortunate enough to have some of those built-in features of a normal computer chair, which includes like lumbar support, the ability to change your height, and things like that. You want to first get your legs, your thighs parallel with the cushion of your seat. Okay. This will allow the pressure to be evenly dis distributed and you won't have like thigh pain or leg pain. So if you are vertically challenged, your legs might be kind of dangling now. You don't want to use the rungs of the chair. You want to get a box or a stool, right? And then your back needs to kind of be placed up against the back of the chair. And this is to help remind you what normal posture is for your low back. If, do you ever sit towards the edge of the ch chair, Cassandra? Sure, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyone who does that means you're super assertive, which I love, but you're going to get tired and fatigued in your back, and that's going to lead to like tightness and then eventually pain and et cetera, et cetera. So using a lumbar pillow, a lot of people ask me, should I use a lumbar pillow? And it's good because, and I've got one right here to show you, it reminds you to sit with a, a natural curve of your back. 
you want to place this in your small of your back. You want to adjust it to you. So that will put your head over your neck and shoulders, your shoulders over your low back. So you get that perfect kind of straight column. And your back, uh, your, excuse me, your spine is a curve on purpose. Think of it like a spring. So as gravity bears down on it, the spring can kind of change the pressure and distribute it evenly throughout the spine. That's why it's curved. If you straighten it out or overly curve it because you've gotten tired from sitting at the edge of your chair, now you're slouching forward or backward, you're gonna to start to have that discomfort we talked about. Another thing that I really like to recommend for your home office or even work office is like a, a cushion to sit on. I love this one because it has like a cutout for your tailbone. A lot of people have tailbone pain um, just from sitting too long and or a previous injury. Childbirth's a huge one, wouldn't believe it. A lot of babies hit the tailbone as they come out and the, it could be years later and the mother is still complaining of sensitivity of the tailbone. A cushion that allows uh, no pressure on the coccyx or tailbone is fantastic for those who have to get stuck sitting for a long period of time. So uh, take home is back up against the chair and creating a natural posture by using a lumbar pillow or even a, a small pillow at home. It doesn't have to be purchased and then something for your buttocks if necessary. And then last of all, it's all about moving right. Even if I sit in the best possible posture, if I stay there for too long, it's gonna cause pain and discomfort. We just get fatigued. I mean, that's why, do you ever go to the gym and do the same exercise the whole time you're there? Not that you're I'm going to. i not to. <laughs> right, you can't go to gyms right now anyways, but right. Um, the point is, if you did, you'd have an injury and everyone knows that. And so it's no different with our office setup. Whenever you get stuck doing the same thing, you're gonna get injured. So um, let's take a quick break and let's talk about a trap stretch. I love this one. I use it all the time for myself as well as I teach my patients. So uh, the best thing to do is to reach down, do this with me, okay? Reach down and grab the side of your chair, okay? okay. So your arm is on the inside of the armrest, so it doesn't hurt. Then mm -hmm. you're gonna lean, let's say you're grabbing with your left arm, lean to the right and allow your trap to stretch. Uh, one thing you can do to make this even better is now try to shrug your shoulder to the ceiling. As you lift up, you'll feel even a deeper stretch in that trap muscle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I like to hold these for, you know, 20, 30 seconds. You can go as long as two minutes when you're doing a stretch safely and actually very effectively. And you just do them both sides. Good. Look at you. Doing both sides. Good patient. How often should we be thinking about this type of stretch? Um, so any, any, when it comes to any movement, I always try to get in my mind that 45 to 60 minute time frame. If I'm stuck doing one thing for that long, it's gonna be a problem. So I'd sneak this in if I'm on a conference call. If I'm reading a long, long email, which we get tons of those now, right? I can easily do this stretch and continue to be productive. You sneak it in there, okay? So um, I will often do that stretch um, five, six times a day. And then um, I will often tell people when to, in order to move right, you gotta transition between sitting and standing. So that brings up the standing desk, right? Do you, you said you kind of have one, don't you? I have one at work, which I'm really missing because yeah. oftentimes if I, if I feel my shoulders or neck getting tight, I'll go to stand or I'll sit down, you know, and I alternate between it. I love it. So that's exactly what they're intended to be used for is moving up and down. In fact, I had a patient come in last week and she told me she went into her office with mask like she was required to, but she's still working from home. She borrowed her standing desk to use at home until she can get back into the office, which I think is a great idea. 
Now the idea between um, the positioning of your uh, keyboard, mouse, monitor with the standing desk is no different from what we already talked about. It's getting at eye level, it's making sure your elbows are, are by your sides and at that 90 degree angle as well as your wrists aren't being flexed or extended too much, okay? But yeah, so how often are you transitioning between sitting and standing? I usually try to do either the morning that I'm sitting or the afternoon that I'm sitting. So like vice versa, I'm standing and then sitting kind of half and half. Okay, so that's better than nothing. But when we read the research, the best practices for using a standing desk is to, yes, do 50% of the time sitting, 50% standing, but it's to alternate. It's unclear the exact best time to alternate, like we could say every 45, 60, 90 minutes. That's unclear. That research has yet to be done. But they do say that people who alternate throughout the day back and forth do better than those who just either sit for four hours at a time and stand for four hours at a time. So I would just incorporate. It's not that hard. Again, like you could set a timer and say, oh, every 60 minutes, I'm going to switch to my standing position. I'm then back down or every 45 or whatever. Just find that that motion. Uh, I had a patient teach me this really cool phrase. I use it all the time. Motion is lotion. I mean, it's kind of dumb, but it's cute, and it, but it makes total sense, right? right? The more you move, your joints, um, they actually self-lubricate. It's a physiological effect, which is fantastic. And then your muscles also will stretch from being too tense and or sometimes when we're overstretching things, that standing, you engage muscles that have been overstretched for too long from sitting and or standing and they kind of feel better. So I'll incorporate that into your life. Motion is lotion. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so for people oh. who are working from home, and I guess, do you have any advice for making that, that makeshift standing desk? You said still focus on you know, the four components and, and your head, you know, eye level to your screen. Any other right. advice for if people are, are finding boxes and kind of stacking them yeah. up? To I mean, desk? that's great. I love creativity. Um, uh, a high countertop. Uh, you could use like just even utilizing the kitchen table and instead of picking the couch. But if you have to use the couch, uh, then just maintaining the things we talked about and moving a ton. If you're on the couch or uh, you don't have a designated workspace at home because of space, moving from one to another, standing to do every conference call, uh, standing to do uh, other things that you can you otherwise would do seated to keep them. That movement going using a <laughs> a TV tray to get your computer up on. I mean, there's lots of you can be creative, but the principles are still the same. Um, but if you get stuck in bad posture, it's just got to be you got to move more. You got to do more than the the other person would who has a good setup at home. That's interesting. You mentioned uh, a TV tray because I was reading um, articles about these um, little desks that kind of sit on your lap if you're on the couch, sure. and some of them like pivot up. Do you, are there any good options when it comes to that? I kind of was um, looking and I was curious about when it, it was pivoting up to so kind sure. of where it was kind of like on an incline. And I was like, I don't know if, if your head would be well, in a neutral position with that. Right. Again, I mean, there's a, um, amazing millions of products out there. And maybe there's one that's amazing. I just don't even know about. But then there's also just as many ones that are just a contraption that looks cool. So just utilize the four principles we talked about. Does it allow your neck to be in a neutral posture? Then that's what you're going for. Yeah, if it pivots up where, if I train um, even a few degrees, that's a positive. If I'm looking down in my lap, that's 30 to 45 degrees looking down. That's a lot of stress on my neck. But if that's, you know, that contraption on my lap allows me to only look at 15 degrees of flexion of my neck, that's much better for me. So yeah, those things can definitely be utilized.
next and should be if you can. But I don't have a specific recommendation or product that I would recommend. Just following those steps. It's hard to go wrong when you kind of keep those four things in mind. Yeah, I feel like that's like the golden rule of like good workplace ergonomics. Totally, totally. I know we talked about this a little bit and we've touched on kind of movement here and there and with your quote, motion is lotion. I also read a good quote, the best posture is the next posture about the importance of moving on a regular basis. So again, can you just touch on the importance of taking regular breaks and some ways to incorporate it, whether it's setting a timer or making sure that you're, you're exercising before or after your workday, what advice do you have about regular movement? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that motion lotion is huge. Just remember that and it makes total sense. It will guide you. Setting timers is excellent. Um, it's easy to do, right? You click once on your um, uh, whatever calendar you use and it will daily reminders. And what I try to recommend is just figuring out times where it doesn't affect or impact your work. Most of the time people say to me, I just, uh, I run out of time. Life is already so busy. I can't do one more thing. So you try to blend things that you're already doing. So, you know, a second ago, we talked about doing the next stretches while you're reading an email. Well, on a conference call, there's some super easy low back stretches that can be done while you can remain seated as uh, so you continue to contribute to the call. And they're pretty mind numbing. You don't have to use a lot of focus. So let's quickly go over those and then I'll share some other tips. So first of all, okay, do this with me, Sandra. Cross your right leg over your left knee. So you're sitting like, man position that's what i think of just a memory trick, okay gotcha right? gotcha got it <laughs> so you already feel a little bit of stretch in your right buttocks and your right thigh and you can increase that by just leaning forward keeping your back straight and leaning forward you feel it really intensify right mm-hmm. so this is it you're just sitting here chatting and this stretches that famous piriformis muscle that gives us the sciatic pain sometimes or gives us a lot of low back or buttocks pain Super easy to do, and I just hold this for anywhere from 30 seconds to two minutes. And then you obviously comply by doing it on the left side, followed by doing a little bit of a lumbar twist stretch. And that's easy by crossing your legs like knee to knee, like like a woman stretch, uh, knee crossing would be, right? Right. Once you have your knees crossed, you're just gonna twist opposite to whichever knee is crossed. So if my right knee's crossed, I'm gonna twist to the right. Got it? Got it. And again, I mean, these are impervious to be done when you're on a, a call. No one's going to know that you're there stretching. Right. Yet you're creating uh, a better work environment for you and potentially reducing an injury or pain that's going to come. And then um, I love the fact that uh, bathroom breaks, I love our bladder because it gets it reminds us to get up and move. So listen to that and get up and move and try to really change up your pattern of movement every 45 to 60 minutes. So incorporate one of those things we've talked about. Switch from seated to standing. Uh, you, can't, you can't do that, that's okay. Do the next stretches. The next 45 minutes to an hour, do the low back stretch. The next 45 to an hour, get up and go to the bathroom. The next 45 minutes, and then you're like, you know, you're just repeating them. And I have a lot of patients who will have that super long, uh, they're waiting for their lunch to cook or whatever in the microwave, boom, you, you throw out a stretch right there. You do, you change up something like that. There is a million things on YouTube um, that you can find uh, in office stretches to follow along uh, that sometimes are what someone needs. They need someone to coach them. Just do that. It's free and it guides you along very easily. Great, great advice and great tips. 
So it can be tempting sometimes to work from bed. Are there, is that a big yes or no, or are there any <laughs> tips to keep in mind for if you are really just, just want to work in bed that day? Do you have any okay. advice? So obviously for me, that's a, a big no, but if you're bound and determined, here's what you need to do. Follow the four principles, okay? So get your spine as a neutral position as possible. So I'd be on your back and not sitting up against your, your headboard. Because if you sit up against your headboard, your legs are extended and you're overly stretching all the, the backside of your muscles, okay? And then you're flexing your hip flexors, which are already naturally tight because we sit so much as a culture, and they pull directly on your lumbar spine. So lay on your back, use a tablet, avoid your laptop, hold the tablet above your head, you can rest your uh, elbows, try to use either none or only one small pillow to support your neck, because then that keeps your neck from being too flexed. Um, and then move often, you know, roll to your side and put your tablet on the side of the bed and work from that side, then switch and rotate to your other side. And then, um, you know, get up and stretch. But I would avoid it at all costs. But if you're going to do it, be smart about it. Absolutely. And so I think it bears kind of just uh, talking about quickly. Obviously, stress is a, is a big component of pain. And, and the more stressed you are, you know, the more I think everyone tenses up and then can kind of cause that, that neck and shoulder and back pain. What, what's the importance right now, especially right now, of practicing mindfulness and learning to relax and learning to to manage your stress? Um, it's, I'm not a specialist in this, but let me tell you, I've worked with enough people who are and seen enough research about how uh, perceived stress in our body leads to musculoskeletal pain, which is what I do. And I, again, there's a countless numbers of patients who I've tried to treat who get no benefit from what I do. And I realize this is not truly musculoskeletal, even though they feel muscular pain, it's a stress response. You know, um, back in the day, you got chased by the tiger and then you either made it up a tree or you got eaten and your stress was over one way or the other, where here, a looming deadline, it never goes away and it may last for weeks or months. And so managing stress comes by not only through exercise and stretching, it's a huge component of stress relief. I mean, a lot of uh, uh, specialists will talk about that as a way to reduce stress is through exercise. So that's why just doing these simple stretches can be a part of that. But a real re exercise routine regimen is, is, is necessary to get the max benefit. But let me tell you, there is so many great applications out there on your smart devices to, to achieve um, mindfulness meditation, short meditation, um, uh, taking a few minutes during a break, during a lunch to do meditation to relax the, your stressful environment. And at that point, I say get out of your workspace completely, lay on the floor, um, where you can get your body into a fully relaxed state. That's really easy. Um, there's also some easy things to do with the stretching, but it's not just stretching, it's toning. Um, it helps relieve that muscular stress. So let's talk about some easy toning exercises that you can do. And you can apply this similar principle to any muscle group in your body. Let's just do the neck and shoulders because it's so easy. So um, let's start with by doing, we did the trap stretch earlier. If we do a trap shrug squeeze, that can also be just as effective. So essentially you're bringing your ears, or you're bringing your shoulders to your ears. Yes, there we go. And you're just squeezing. It almost feels like those muscles get fatigued and that's shunting blood back into the muscles 
where it's been absent because you've been overusing them. Okay. We can also do a shoulder blade squeeze like we're trolling, trying to put a pencil between our shoulder blades and squeezing. Those back muscles get overused when using the mouse and a lot of people will say they experience burning sensation or like a weird feeling on their shoulder blade on the right side. Have you ever experienced that by chance? No, thankfully. Okay, okay good. Well, a lot of people have when they use the mouse repetitively because that muscle just gets overly used and contracting it is sometimes better than stretching it. So I'll have them contract and hold until they feel like their muscles almost about to cramp and then relax. And they'll do like some cycles of this. And then it's easy to do a similar thing with your neck. You can do isometric holds of your neck. That just means I'm keeping my neck in neutral position and I'm pushing, let's say, to the right. And then I'm going to resist with my right hand contracting my muscles but not letting my head move because I'm pushing against it with my right hand. And you can go to the left, you can go backwards, forwards. And this really does help when you're in those stressful tense moments and your body's like seizing up. You use these simple stretching and toning exercises we've been talking about to let them go. Oh, not to mention there's a million deep breathing exercises you could do that are fantastic for, for stress relief. Motion is lotion. Take breaks, walk around on every conference call and, and every other break in between. Yes, absolutely. Words to live by, especially during this work from home kind of era. Yeah. <laughs> so the last thing I want to ask you about today is about just seeing a chiropractor to help ease some of our aches and pains from, you know, bad ergonomics, you know, whether we're in the office, we're at home during the pandemic or afterwards. In general, how can a chiropractor help with pain? Uh, great. Thanks for that question. So a chiropractor uses hands-on therapy that eases the current pain you're experiencing, as well as increasing the range of motion in the stiff joints, stiff muscles that you're experiencing from work and or other life experiences. And they'll, get, they'll guide you to very personalized activities of daily living that keep you feeling great after their appointment. The goal is not to go to a chiropractor the rest of your life every day. You'll go intermittently, just like you'd go to your primary care doctor when you get sick. The idea is you might see your chiropractor when the stretches, the exercises that you've been taught stop working, or you've, you've injured yourself by doing something like a slip fall or heavy lifting. Um, those are the times you go, you go for a few appointments, they do the, the therapy and teach you things to do. And sometimes they'll guide you to go to physical therapy or guide you back to um, your primary care doctor for medication to help in the recovery time. They're an just like here in the clinic, we're all about integration. Chiropractors are becoming more integrated into healthcare where they're having a team around them and not just uh, as a solo practitioner. So that's the kind of chiropractor I hope you'll be seeking out as one who uses all of our uh, awesome providers um, to help in your care plan to helping you get better. And that's what we strive for here at the clinic. We use the latest and greatest research and therapies and techniques help our patients not only get better but stay better by doing the things at home like like office setup uh, like we talked about today to help them feel good and avoid musculoskeletal pain so hey cassandra i want to say thanks for having me on this has been freaking awesome this has been fascinating and so many wonderful things that i know our listeners will be able to incorporate throughout their day again whether they're at home or they're back in the office so thank you dr bang for taking the time to share your your advice and your wisdom with us I appreciate it. I, uh, good luck to everybody out there. Hang tight and we'll be strong together. 
to make an appointment with a Cleveland Clinic chiropractor, call 216-448-4325. If you want to listen to more Health Essentials podcasts featuring experts at Cleveland Clinic, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from or visit clevelandclinic.org slash podcast. And don't forget, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cleveland Clinic, all one word, to stay up to date on the latest news and information. Thanks again for listening and stay safe. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.